What's up, everybody? Logan Alex CPA here. So my brother Tim just graduated from high school a couple months ago. Now he's off to college. So I've created this video on seven financial tips for new high school grads with him in mind. Because unfortunately, folks, schools don't teach this stuff. Schools don't teach personal finance by and large. I know one school in my town that does have a personal finance class, but it's really not required. And most schools don't teach personal finance as far as I'm aware. So today, I want to talk to you recent high school graduates out there, as well as your parents of high school grads, uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles of high school grads. Feel free to share this video with the high school grad in your life. In this video, I want to talk about how high school graduates can put themselves in a good, optimal financial position after they graduate from high school. Because that's a really strange time in life when it comes to money, right? For one thing, you have a lot of new financial responsibilities coming at you that you may not have had before. For another thing, you, you are now an adult, or at least most high school graduates are adults. Um, and of course, situations vary from situation to situation, right? For some people, their parents are, are still very much a part of their financial lives. Maybe they still live at home or they're supported by their parents in some way. That's not everybody, right? Uh, but for some people, that's the case. Um, but overall, I think the unfortunate thing is a lot of high school grads think, uh, you know what? I still live at home or, you know, I know I can count on mom and dad. They're still supporting me in some way or, you know, I have all these student loans to cover the next few years of my life. I don't need to worry about money. I'll figure that out after I get into my career. That tends to be the thought process. But the reality is that now is the perfect time to start building out those financial habits, those financially prudent habits, because once you start your career, Whatever it is, right? And you go from making, uh, what's the federal minimum wage right now? $7.25 an hour, uh, you know, to double that or, or triple that. Maybe if you're an engineer or something like that now, uh, you might have some extra income coming in, right? What do you do with it, right? Build these habits now with a little money so that in the future, when you have more money, you already know exactly what to do with it and you don't waste it. Be good with a little and you'll probably be good with a lot. Uh, be bad with a little and you'll probably be bad with a lot. It's not like all of a sudden when you start making decent money that you're all of a sudden going to automatically know what to do with your money. It doesn't work like that. Okay. And that's why you need to start now and familiarize yourself with these financial concepts and habits so you don't end up like everybody else. I mean, look around you, right? Everybody else is broke. Okay. You high school graduates who are just starting your adult lives are in a unique position right now to position yourself not only for career success over the next few years, whether that's going to college uh, or trade school or some other career path, but also putting yourself in a position to set yourself up for a lifetime uh, of wealth and abundance and doing whatever the heck you want um, when you want, rather than a, uh, a lifestyle of scarcity and want and stress. And you might not know what you should be focusing on, right? Or what you can do right now to get ahead. Um, so in this video, I'm going to tell you, or at least point you in the right direction. Obviously, this is going to look different for everybody. I can't tell you there's there's one specific change you need to make, right, to make yourself a, a millionaire by 25 other than to get extremely lucky. You know, maybe millionaire by 30 is possible depending on your career and, and choices you make in the market and inflation and things like that. Uh, but there are general, uh, there's a few general ideas I think will really help you out. I know they would have helped me out if someone had uh, told them to me when I graduated from high school. So let's get right into it. Here are the seven best things you can do as a new high school grad to improve your financial situation. Number one, if you're going to college, please make sure to take a close look at how any student loans you take out are going to affect your finances. Of course, I can't tell you whether college is right for you. There are so many factors that go into that decision. There are uh, alternatives to college like trade schools or other career paths as well. But look, as far as college goes, you don't want to make that choice unless you're sure that you're ready for the long-term impact it can have on your financial future. I went to a state school here in California, go Bruins, but I still ended up with over $35,000 in student debt 
even while working through college. And that was before, mind you, that was before the big run-ups in the University of California uh, tuition uh, in, the 2020, in the 2010s. So I've been there. I know what that's like. And if you too are needing to take out student loans to finance your education, it's really important that you understand what those would look like before you sign your name on the dotted line. First, you'll need to know how much you're gonna need to borrow in total, right? You wanna project that out. You'll also wanna know the interest rates attached to those loans. The interest rates make a really big difference in terms of how much you'll end up paying, right? Especially if you're taking out private loans. Um, and it's easy to overlook interest rates if you're just looking at how much you're borrowing. And remember, imp interest compounds over time, right? In other words, you have to pay interest on the interest that's already accumulated. So any increase in the interest rate leads to an even greater change in your overall interest payments. Along with the overall size of the loan and the interest rates, uh, you should look into the minimum monthly payment, right? So you know uh, what you what to expect uh, upon graduating. If you're taking out federal loans, you gotta look, hey, are they subsidized, right? Where no interest accrues while you're in school? Or are they unsubsidized? These are all things you need to know about your student loan situation. I can't make this video all about student loans and explain them from top to bottom, but I guarantee you that there is somebody at your school's financial aid office who will gladly, gladly explain your student loan situation to you, walk you through the numbers. There's probably someone at your school whose job it is to do just that. And so few students talk to that person, right? They're just waiting to hear from you so they can help you understand your specific numbers and situation. Find out who that person is or who those people are at your school and talk to them. Make sure you understand your student loan situation because unless you've been living under a rock, you know that student loans are crippling a large subset of the young uh, American population from really uh, getting ahead in life and I don't want you to be one of those st uh, statistics. Um, I would also recommend that you research the job market for people uh, in your chosen career path in order to determine what your budget will look like as, as far as that top line income number uh, when you're still in the process of paying off those loans and trying to build a life for yourself after graduating from college. Student loans can sometimes be a good choice, right? Even if you're borrowing tens of thousands of dollars, but you shouldn't take that step until you know that it makes sense for you. Piece of advice number two, live at home as long as possible. I know that's not a super exciting piece of advice. Again, none of, it's not the right direction for everybody, right? But there are a lot of benefits to staying at home after high school until your finances are a little more stable. In a lot of cases, that's where you're gonna know the most people, right? In your hometown, that's where you might be able to find uh, jobs the easiest. You won't have to worry about moving costs, putting food on the table, et cetera, and rent, right? Even if you pay some rent to your parents or you chip in in other ways, it's almost always gonna be a lot cheaper to stay at home than it would be to rent an apartment or something like that. So if that's something that's practical for you, I would recommend seriously considering doing that until you feel uh, like you're ready to leave without having to worry as much about money. There is, of course, a flip side here. Um, and although I went to college when I just turned uh, 17 and uh, no longer lived at home after that, apart from a couple summers, um, I admit that I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who has always lived in a major metropolitan area. Okay, I, I understand that if you are in uh, a very secluded place, like for example, uh, Crested Butte, Colorado, or Marfa, Texas, I just looked up a list of the most secluded towns in the US, by the way, then I get it. If you're somewhere like that, there may not be the career opportunities there for you. You may have to look elsewhere. That said, uh, especially in the wake, right, of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, so many places are allowing uh, for remote work more now that it's possible to still, you know, live in Crested Butte, but work for a company in New York City. Uh, some of my wife's and I, good friends, actually recently moved to the Nashville area. He's a CPA like me, and he found an accounting job at a tech company in San Francisco but he lives in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and, th and that's really working out great for him. Um, that said, word on the street is that many companies are looking at cutting pay for employee uh, employees that choose to work from home permanently. 
Um, they've obviously already received some backlash for this. Of course, time will tell to see how these scenarios and these decisions play out. Number three, set up a budget that makes sense for you. I have a quick 10 minute guide to budgeting here on the channel. There's a link to that video at the top of the screen as well as in the description below. I highly recommend checking it out if you're new to the idea of budgeting your income and your expenses. I'm not gonna have the time to get into the details of those steps in this video, but the first thing you need to do is figure out what kind of budgeting is right for you. Some people prefer uh, you know, the old fashioned method with a notebook and a pen, but there are a lot of um, websites and mobile apps these days that take some of the busy work out of your hands and make it simpler to get started. Also, in my Prosper course, my personal finance course, coupon code in the description below, I tell you my personal method for no fuss budgeting. But whatever works for you, the important thing is that you find a strategy that you'll be able to stick to over time, month after month, hopefully even after you move out, your budget starts to look a little different. And the closer you get to moving out, the more important it becomes to have a little financial cushion to get started on uh, when you're living on your own. Piece of advice number four, get a side hustle or summer job. You don't have to work 40 hours a week to make money. Obviously you can if you're comfortable with that, uh, but there are easy ways to transition into making your own money. Maybe you can find uh, a part-time job, right? While you take your classes, maybe you or, or your family knows somebody who could use some extra help. Maybe you could even start a side hustle on your own and start earning some extra money without having to work a nine to five. I know that starting a business or a side hustle can sound scary or overwhelming, but there are so many ways to generate new sources of revenue. I cover some of those ways right here on the channel. Some of you may even uh, be thinking about starting your own YouTube channel, right? You might be wondering how much you can make as a content creator. I put out a video on that topic last year. Please check out that video. Link at the top of the screen as well as in the description below if YouTubing is something you're interested in. And even if you're not working 40 hours a week or bringing home a full-time salary, just being able to put some money in your pocket will be really helpful as you work out a plan for these years after high school. Number five, start contributing to a savings account. For adults uh, who are you know, completely on their own, I would usually recommend something like $1,000 to get you started with the basic emergency fund. Eventually, I think most adults uh, should have around three to six months worth of expenses saved up depending on their situation, just so they aren't too vulnerable to un any uh, unexpected or unforeseen circumstances. Now, that's obviously overkill, right? If you're living at home and you don't have many expenses in the first place. So you don't need to start working through a, you know, toward a three to six months emergency fund if you're in that situation, you're still uh, living under mom and dad's roof. But even so, it's still good to get used to that idea of saving extra money because even if mom and dad are there for you now, one day they're not gonna have your back financially. And if you don't have the 500 bucks for a car repair or uh, you know emergency dental work or, or whatever it is, whatever life throws at you, you can get into a cycle of debt that's extremely difficult to get out of. And the way to avoid that is by having an emergency fund. You don't wanna get in the habit of spending all the money in your account, even if it's just a few dollars a week, it's still moving in the right direction. Number six, open a Roth IRA. That stands for uh, individual retirement account, which is a kind of individual retirement arrangement. Um, I certainly wasn't thinking about retirement when I graduated from high school. Most of you probably aren't either, but this is actually one of the best things you can do for yourself financially when it comes to the long term. Now, you do have to have some income in order to contribute to a Roth IRA, you can only contribute as much as you had an earned income from the year up to the limit for the year, which is $6,000 this year. But even if you just make a few thousand dollars from a summer job, you can get those tax benefits by putting it into a Roth IRA. Basically how this works uh, is, is you make these contributions, right? You deposit it into the account, you invest the money in the account, 
Um, and while you don't get a tax deduction for the money you put into the account that year, as that money grows in the account, you won't have to pay any income tax or capital gains tax when you take the money out uh, as long as you wait until after 59 and a half years old. One thing a lot of people, uh, young people don't know about IRAs is that your parents can actually give you the money for you to contribute to your account. Now remember, these contributions can't exceed your earned income, right? So if you only earn $3,000 in 2021, you won't be able to contribute any more than that. But let's say you earn $3,000 through a summer job or a part-time job. Well, even if you spend most of that, your parents uh, can chip in and, and, and give you some extra money to contribute to the full amount of your earned income. So that's a good way to start saving for retirement if your parents are in a uh, position to give you money for contributions or even if they're not, right? You just invest the money you make. Again, uh, the maximum you can contribute to a Roth this year is a lesser of $6,000 or the actual amount of money you made from your job or netted from your side hustle, uh, minus a deduction for self-employment tax, and you would have to make that contribution for this year by April 15th next year. Um, that said, there are definitely some things you should know about IRAs before jumping into one. I recently published a video on my channel about 15 Roth IRA warnings. Be sure to check that video out before setting up your Roth. Link to that video is at the top of the screen, as well as in the description below. Finally, number seven, think about getting a credit card. I know that credit cards or may not to be the, this uh, big scary thing when you're younger, and they do carry a lot of risk, right? It's important to take them seriously, but at the same time, um, in my opinion, there's a lot of irrational fear about credit cards and a lot of myths surrounding the things you actually do need to be concerned about when you get your first credit card. So I want to quickly go over some of the pros and cons uh, of getting a credit card, especially at a young age, so that you understand what you're getting into and you can make a more informed decision. For number one, credit cards give you the opportunity to build credit. That might not be a uh, big deal the day you graduate from high school and, and you're living at home, but it will be a lot more important later on. Your credit score is going to impact your ability to apply for all kinds of credit and financing, including personal loans, uh, auto loans, mortgages. It can also come into play for other things uh, like your ability to rent an apartment. Credit cards are a really easy way to start building that credit. You don't have to take on any major financial obligations, you can just charge a few small purchases or maybe even just recurring subscriptions like your Netflix or something or Spotify to your credit card and then pay that balance off uh, by the end of uh, before your payment date before it has any chance to accumulate any interest. Pro number two is that some credit cards allow you to earn rewards. Those rewards usually come in the form of cash back or some kind of point system. So to get some percentage of your spending back just by charging it to your credit card. And again, as long as you pay off your entire balance on or before your payment date, you won't pay any interest. Unfortunately, your options when it comes to reward cards are gonna be pretty limited as a young adult since you don't have a credit history right now, but there are a few decent starter credit cards that are specifically designed for young people and others who are looking for their first card. In the description below, I have a link to a list of good starter and student credit cards that you might wanna check out. Some of them even give you little cash bonuses for keeping good grades and things like that. Um, anyway, in terms of your credit score, this will naturally go up as long as you pay off your balance on time every month. And over time, you'll get access to cards with better and better rewards, like the ones I like to review here on the channel. Obviously, you don't want to spend money on your credit card just to get the rewards. That's part of what the credit card, credit card companies are trying to get you to do when they offer those perks. But hey, it's better to earn something rather than nothing on money you were going to spend either way because you budgeted for it. Okay, so those are two key advantages of getting a credit card. But as I said, you can get in trouble if you don't know the risks of having a credit card or if you don't take them seriously or responsibly. So there are two negatives I want to talk about uh, concerning credit cards before I wrap up the video. Con number one is that your credit card can do the exact opposite 
of helping you earn money if you fail to make those on-time payments and you let your balance roll over from month to month and accrue interest. Basically how that works is your monthly statement closes on a specific day uh, and all your charges for that month will be added up minus any payments or credits made during that period. And then your credit card provider will, they'll send you your statement balance, right? From there, you'll have a certain period of time uh, usually between three and four weeks where uh, you can pay off that balance without having to pay any interest, right? If you pay off the entire balance. The problem is, is if you just make the minimum payment and you have some balance left without paying it off, then interest will accrue on that balance based on the terms of your credit card agreement. And credit cards tend to have higher interest rates than almost any other form of mainstream consumer debt, so it's easy to lose control quickly of that interest. It's not so bad, right? If your balance is something like 20 bucks, in that case, you'll pay you know, probably less than a dollar in interest per month, but it can turn into a real problem if you carry a bigger balance that grows and grows and grows. Let's say you rack up a balance of $1,000 in your credit card, which is easier to do than you might think, and let's say your card charges 20% interest. Well, if you can only pay off $25 of that balance per month, then you'll end up spending a total of $559 in interest on top of the original $1,000 that you charged to the card. So even though credit cards can be a really powerful financial tool when you use them correctly, you don't want to underestimate how quickly they can become a problem if you lose control of your balance. Con number two, when it comes to credit cards for young people, similar to con number one, but with your credit score instead of your wallet. As I said before, a credit score can certainly uh, improve your credit score and give you some extra money if you use it correctly, but falling behind in your credit card payments is one of the best ways to absolutely tank your credit score. Yes, it's a good idea to start building up your credit as soon as you have the opportunity, but the key is that you need to do so responsibly or it will completely backfire. So if you're not in a financial situation where you can pay off a credit card balance every month or you just need more time to get on your feet or if you feel that credit cards will present uh, a temptation to you that you won't be able to resist, uh, remember, there's nothing wrong with waiting to get a credit card until you feel a little more comfortable or you've developed more steady financial habits. So that way you'll be able to take advantage of the good aspects of credit cards without having to worry about falling behind your payments or just getting in over your head. Of course, there's a lot more I could say about credit cards. Uh, I do talk about lots of the pros and cons of credit cards uh, in another video on my channel. There's a link to that video uh, up here at the top of the screen as well as in the description below if any of you wanna check it out. All right, those are my seven financial tips for new high school grads. I hope I was able to point uh, all you new high school graduates the right direction here financially, maybe answer some of the questions you have about handling your own money. As always, I want to thank everybody for watching to the end of the video. I really do appreciate your support for the channel. If this video is helpful for you uh, or for a new high school graduate in your life, I would really appreciate it if you hit that, that uh, like button down there, give me a big old thumbs up down there, and be sure to check out these other videos uh, right here and right here about Roth IRAs. I mentioned them in this video. Roth IRAs are a very, very useful type of account uh, for most young people. I'll see you over in those videos. Bye-bye.